Well, it's Tuesday, and so good to see you again, Mona. It's been like 24 hours since we were in Austin, Texas together. <laughs> that was really, really fun. Uh, it was really fun. And you know what? I have to say, it's just a reminder, what a great group of readers and listeners we have. What a treat to be able to meet so many of them down there at the Texas Tribune Festival. Exactly. First of all, the sheer numbers were really exciting. And second, I didn't have a single encounter with anybody that wasn't <laughs> incredibly wonderful and nice. And, you know, there were no people, you know, like we've both done, a, I'm sure, our share yeah. of public speaking. And there's usually at least one person who wants to buttonhole you and either give their, you know, wackadoodle ideas about reforming the electoral college or, you know, something, yeah. or they have a problem with one thing you wrote out of all the things that you've ever written. No, none of that. Yeah. I mean, it was just people were terrific. So thank you all for being there. It was not our comment section come to life. In other words, <laughs> that was interesting. So um, today's podcast, instead of doing a regular podcast, what we're going to do is we are going to share the No Bull uh, from the Bulwark session from the, the Trib Fest. This was hosted by Evan Smith. It was you, me, Tim Miller, and Bill Crystal. And um, we had a lot of agreement. And I should say we had a little bit of disagreement or a different, different emphasis. It was a lively conversation. It was a very good conversation, I think, and uh, and I think you know the uh, the disagreement is very wholesome and healthy. So we can disagree with one another. Well, one of the things that you mentioned was, was great to meet you know a lot of our listeners and uh, and readers down at, at Tripfest. But I mean, it was also an interesting collection of people from media and politics, and it's in an environment where you can talk. And so you had an interesting encounter with Joe Manchin. I hear. Yes, I did. That's the word on the street, that you were in an elevator with Joe Manchin. That's right. So it's a fairly tall hotel, something like 19 stories. Mm -hmm. And we both got in on an upper floor and we were the only ones in the elevator. If there had been anybody else there, I probably wouldn't have talked yeah. to him. But since we were the only ones in the elevator, I thought, well, why not? So, uh, you know, I, I introduced myself and I said, you know, you were a topic of conversation at our panel. And of course, he was immediately interested. Oh, what, what, what were people saying? Yeah. So I said, well, the issue came up that, you know, what a third party run might mean for 2024. And he said, yeah, well, you know, a third party, you know, we we really have to get a handle on the extremes. You know, the, the far left in this country is just so out there and and I said, right, uh, under, I understand that concern. I said, but um, don't you think there's a bigger threat? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, okay. <laughs> or he said yeah. something like that. And, and I said, well, don't you think, actually, back up. The first thing I said to him is that people are worried that a third party bid might be a spoiler and allow Trump to get reelected. And he had said, like, right at the outset, oh, I would never do that. I would never do that, you know. Then we get into the whole thing about, you know, he says, oh, well, we have to get a handle on how crazy the left is. So I persisted and I said, well, yes, but surely right now the more urgent concern is the threat from the right. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, the prospect of a Trump re-election. And he said, absolutely. That is the greatest threat to this country is a Trump re-election. I agree 100%. Really? Then the elevator doors open. That's what he said. And yeah. the elevator doors open. I gave him a big thumbs up and off we go. 
I even saw him a little later in the afternoon when uh, he was walking down the hill surrounded by his aides and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I was walking by myself up the hill and he waved to me, you know, that politicians, you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they always yeah. remember you. They always mm. make it a point to, you know, to be yeah. very personable. Anyway, it's, I, I say this without ironing out. I, I admire that in politicians. They have great people skills. So I, I was excited by this encounter. I thought, okay, great. So, yeah. but then I went to the final session of the uh, trip fest, which was uh, Evan oh, Smith uh, interviewing Manchin. Mm-hmm. And I waited to see, and of course, Evan asked similar questions. And yeah. now Manchin was kind of, uh, he was squirrely. He wasn't being pinned down. He was saying, oh. well, all things are under consideration. And he was certainly very knowledgeable. Evan mentioned the Perot precedent a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that, that Manchin was really up on this. And he said, yes, but Perot wasn't on all 50 ballots. And the, 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 oh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. He said, and the no labels people, they're on all 50, they're getting on all 50 ballots. And I just thought, oh, it's so, okay, let's read. He's toying with it. He is definitely toying with it. And I have to say that my initial enthusiasm for our elevator encounter It's an example of a few things. One is, I suppose now looking back, he probably knew who I was because Mm -hmm. I'm in a few West Virginia newspapers. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why he went immediately to, you know, oh, we have to get a handle on the left, right? Mm -hmm. The far left, I think he said. So that's the first thing. He was trying to tell me what I wanted to hear, I think, was part of this encounter. A phenomenon not unknown among politicians. Well, exactly. And the other part of this that I came away with was that sense of, you know, whenever you read about like, okay, like Kevin McCarthy was in a meeting with Joe Biden and there were things said or a meeting with Matt Gates, God knows, or anybody, people come out of a meeting and one side says, here's what we agreed to. And the other side says... That's not what I heard. And it's so common for people to want to express things in a way that they think the other party wants to hear. And politicians in particular can often give the impression to people that they agree with them without really agreeing with them. I was a victim of that. I was like, yeah, he he agrees that Trump is the greatest threat. We don't have anything to worry about. Uh, That was my initial reaction. And then, of course... I think it came up during our panel that people are going to hear now if you uh, if you stick around this podcast, uh, where somebody mentioned that, you know, it is important to remember that Joe Manchin voted twice to impeach and convict Donald Trump to remove him from office, which, yes. given the fact that he's from West Virginia, was not an obvious vote. I mean, he had been willing to break. But uh, on two occasions, he wanted to disqualify uh, Donald Trump uh, completely. So there's a little bit of meat on the bones of saying that he recognizes what a threat Donald Trump is. The one thing that Joe Manchin definitely does not want to do is have to go back to West Virginia, right? I mean, he faces a really, really tough reelection fight. Running for president is probably a little bit more attractive than, you know, a crash and burn campaign for reelection. So that temptation is always tough for these politicians. It's true. He did mention that one of the options he's considering is running as an independent. Oh. Uh, recognizing that he can't win for Senator. another Senate seat as a Democrat from West Virginia, but maybe he'd run as an independent. He's thinking really? about that. Yep. That is very interesting. Well, 
Also interesting is the discussion that you're going to hear, um, our lively discussion uh, Saturday, I think it was Saturday afternoon, uh, down in Austin, Texas at TribFest, uh, Mona and I, Tim Miller, and uh, Bill Crystal were on a panel that in front of, I probably should mention, Mona, I mean, that was a, a standing room only crowd. It was one of the largest crowds. Uh, Evan Smith, who was one of the founders of TribFest, uh, says this was one of the biggest events uh, of the entire festival, one of the most enthusiastic. And you, I don't think you and I even made it out of the room afterwards because there were so many people that wanted to talk to us. So stick around because we have the audio of that whole session. And then you and I, Mona, will be back and we'll do this just between us, though, next Tuesday, okay? Just another treat for our members. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Stay tuned for this. Good afternoon. I am uh, Evan Smith, the co-founder of the Texas Tribune, and I am happy to live in a world where these four attract this many people in a room. I want to welcome you to the 2023 Texas Tribune Festival and what is literally my favorite conversation of the weekend, one that will attempt to make sense of our broken world, probably too steep a hill to climb. You may remember a version of this session at last year's festival. It was so popular, we decided to bring it back. Once, once again, it's called No Bull from the Bulwark. Once again, I wanted to call it Bullshitting with the Bulwark. Once again, the festival staff was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the news of the day and the politics of the moment with four leading voices at one of the buzzier digital media organizations. Four people who, not incidentally, were country over party before that kind of thing was cool. Right here at the festival for the first time is Mona Charon. She is policy editor of The Bulwark. She hosts its Beg to Differ podcast. She previously wrote speeches for First Lady Nancy Reagan and presidential candidate Jack Kemp. She was associate director of the White House Office of Public Liaison and was a CNN commentator. On the end is Bill Crystal, co-founder and editor-at-large. At The Bulwark, he hosts the Conversations with Bill Crystal podcast. He was a founder of the Weekly Standard and is a director of Defending Democracy Together. An eternity ago, he served as chief of staff to Vice President Dan Quayle. Thanks, thanks Evan. That's great. <laughs> Dan who? It, it's, it's amazing. I could, to I could totter up here and, you know. <laughs> the eternity ago thing would totally fact check, though. Come on. Um, Tim Miller is the Bulwark's writer at large and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Why We Did It, a travelogue from the Republican road to hell. He is also an MSNBC political analyst, and he was previously communications director for Jeb Bush's 2016 presidential campaign. Finally, on my left, Charlie Sykes, co-founder and editor at large at the Bulwark, host of the Bulwark podcast, an NBC and MSNBC contributor. He spent more than 20 years as one of Wisconsin's top-rated talk show hosts and he's written nine books, most recently, How the Right Lost Its Mind. Give them all a big hand. It's great to have them here. Good. Bill, I'm going to make up for my transgression by uh, asking you the first question. Let, let's start with the 24 presidential race, which I think will ultimately be the topic of a lot of our conversation today. Dive into the Republican end of the pool. The polls, if I read them, tell me that this race is effectively over 
Barring something that we're not anticipating, this is Donald Trump's nomination. That is what the conventional wisdom is. Is that your conventional wisdom? Yep. <laughs> to listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today. 